16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well Essential personnel 16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well Essential personnel 16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well Essential personnel 16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well Essential personnel Craig Mack condolences Sean P. Prodigy praises We gotta be placing Our love token bouquets in the hands of our favorites While they're still able Welcome to Welcome everybody to Powerful Amen. Impact, where we interview people who had a powerful impact on the community, music, or the culture at large. I'm your host, Soul Rack, and I got my co-host tonight, Rocker. This evening, we have the honor of interviewing Hakeem Green from Channel Live and the legendary Boogie Down production. Not only that, he's the founder of 24 Hours of Peace Incorporated and the CEO of Madism Incorporated. So we got a we got an excellent guest tonight. And we're going to dive into his story. But while we do it, we know that you're going to have an opportunity to, to, to get involved as well. But we want to go ahead and give him a chance to tell a story, talk about upcoming projects. We're going to dive deep tonight. And so we're so grateful that we have the honor of interviewing Hakeem Green. So Hakeem Green, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, man. I'm great, actually. Good. All right. Well, we welcome you to the podcast, and we're glad Thank to have you here tonight. And you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and call it like I see it. You're definitely a legend, and I appreciate what you're doing for the hip hop culture. You're holding it down for the golden era. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry about that. Can you repeat that again? I said it's only right. We do what we do. Exactly. I like what you said. We do what we do. And that's one thing about powerful impact. We do what we do. We bring people on who are making a powerful impact in the culture or in the world at large. I want to start it off with the first question. Where are you from originally, and how did that shape you as a person? Uh, born in Orange, raised in Orange, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, shout out to EO, Little Town, of course, the Bricks, North New Jersey, Essex County. Uh, Jersey is uh, in the 70s. Okay. You know, yeah. I, you know, by New York, by the radio, you know, mm-hmm. WBL, 92KTU, and then later on, 987 hot 97 okay uh you know influenced by new york jersey is his own thing mm-hmm. it was like east orange orange or it's like more urban suburban if you know what i mean it's yeah like i know but real gritty <laughs> yeah i know what you mean you got that urban it's like a suburban vibe but it got that urban streak to it too you know what i mean so yeah right exactly. yeah so up in the 70s and the 80s you know was pretty safe you know we had you know we had our, our thing mm-hmm. you know for the most part it was pretty safe up until about the 90s that time yeah. i was you know i was on with adult things so i kind of missed the trap you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time you know what it is because you know the, yeah the, the root yeah, yeah. Your mic breaking up a little bit, but we'll we'll work through it. No problem at all. Just wanted to let you know if we do ask for a repeat or something like that. Just wanted to let you know. All right. Nah, I'm gonna get headphones to cut the air. All right, no problem, no problem. But nah, yeah, I mean you. okay. But yeah, I, I like what you were saying because you was telling your story like how it was like suburban, urban, but uh, but you was in like a environment we could say suburban to a certain point, but you still had that street vibe to it, which that shaped you as an artist and that shaped you as a person. Am I correct on that? I just want to make sure that I spoke it like you said it. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let me, let me, no let problem. Me Go ahead. You good? You good? You good? You good? How's that? That's perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Greatly appreciate it. Right. Yeah. So, oh. mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, you know, I got, I went to summer camp every every year. You know, okay. I got a chance to you know, quote unquote, escape, which just gave me a. a another understanding of how life was outside of the quote unquote hood. Um, so I can relate, but at the same time, I was always trying to think outside the box to see other things. Sure. And then, you know, early, early on coming up in like the nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when the black conscious consciousness movement hit within yeah, hip hop culture in the late eighties, yeah. I remember that, you know, yeah. you know, it's just, it give you a different lens to look through. Um, and analyze things and see things. And, and that's kind of why I got, I got into education mm -hmm. um, from 1990 to 94. I was a junior high school teacher. Oh, dope. Uh, which is how I met KRS-One, taking okay. young folks to go see him speak. Uh, I had, uh, myself and some friends of mine started an after-school program called Act Now, African Children of Tomorrow Now. Mm -hmm. First, we had it at East Orange High School, and then we uh, moved it over to the junior high school where I was teaching. And... Um, you know, that whole conscious movement in the 80s, man. X-Clan, Public Enemy, oh, Karis, One, of course, Big Daddy Kane, Tribe yeah. Called Quest, Queen Latifah, you know, it was red, black, and green. Oh, and yes, it was. was. Afrocentric. It was, yeah. you know, know yourself, know your history, and all that. The medallions and everything. Yeah, that's what All it that, all yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So that, that, that that's what the music was about. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then being at college, you know, in New York City, where there was so much consciousness and a wealth mm -hmm. of knowledge on the street in New York City. You know, like the street vendors would be selling all type books from Dr. Ben, Ivan Van Sertum, all these great historians and authors. And, mm -hmm. you know, you get introduced to, you know, blackness from a street level. You got like That's the true. hood of the hood, the thug, the thug of the thug mm -hmm. conversations and builds with you know, doctors, lawyers, uh, professors from NYU right there. You yeah. Know? yeah. You know, we out in the street getting it in, debating right there. There's no social media, no internet, none of mm -hmm. this going on. You know, you would go get a book, read the book, and then go meet me at Washington Square Park and we talk about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that, that was a really, a really good time in hip hop culture. Um, and we, and we thought it would expand. Mm hmm. You went okay. Yeah. You came back in. Okay, yeah, I said okay. We, yeah. we thought it would it would expand. Yes, and magnify. Mm -hmm. But it didn't. That's true. It's, it's about ninety one. Mm -hmm. the, the brakes got put on. Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Rocker. You know, it's a pleasure talking to you, uh, Hakeem, and I, and I heard a related single, the cipher. Yeah. And uh, oh. and I really, I really love that song because the the cipher it represents communion among rhyme warriors and mm -hmm. even as far back as African civilization, mm -hmm. you had African griots going from tribe to tribe to spread knowledge and wisdom about how to build up, you know, their tribe, you know, using science, mathematics. Mm -hmm. you know to you know build the local economies uh what does the word cipher 
beyond just the uh, musical definition? What does cipher mean to you? Completion. Um, completion, but not as in completion as an end. Completion as a new beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, when you deal with, you know, God mathematics. Yeah, of course. Um, knowledge, you know, to cipher or knowledge to born and then cipher. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're dealing with completion to go to another level. When you look at the numeric system of, you know, it's really zero through nine. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the next one, you add a zero, which takes you to another level. So that's what that cipher does. That cipher empowers, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about, you know, collective, collectivism, community, like you said earlier, people coming together, that builds power. Mm-hmm. Completing the cipher, everybody coming to, to drop you know, their perspective or drop knowledge, how they see it. Mm-hmm. And then we synergize, we synthesize all that to get to another understanding, which takes us to another level. Yeah, you know, all that's the cipher. And Absolutely. the cipher is so important in hip hop culture. Because that's like you say, that's what we commune. That's what we come together and build, whether mm-hmm. it's knowledge or rhymes or break dancing or, of course, the DJ spin on two ciphers mm-hmm. or three and four ciphers, depending on the skill of the DJ. That's true. Uh-oh. That's true. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you for real. Know, yeah, so that you know the cipher. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, as far as like, as far as um, the, you know, the idea of the cipher, um, you know, when you was talking about how uh, black consciousness, it started as a community idea based around organizing around the needs of the people, and then later it became uh, something that it uh, wasn't intended to become. Um, do you see, like, do you see black consciousness, you know, starting to make its, uh, starting to take shape in, in uh, black society? Uh, I think what we've witnessed over the last couple of years, especially with the George Floyd uh, rebellion, uh, the, the the murder of George Floyd and the, and the, and the rebellion that happened afterward. Um, when you see, you know, the Trayvon Martins, the Mike Browns, mm-hmm. the Tamir Rice's, the, you know, the list goes on and on. Sandra Bland, mm-hmm. Eric Garner, mm-hmm. you know, it just goes on. It's every yeah. too many, just too many, like, names, too, too yeah, many exactly. names and names. Yeah, exactly. Which and with social media and the ability to share information, and you know these all these killings, these murders are happening, and everybody's seeing them. So it's kind of hard to deny it. You know, back when we when I was growing up, I don't want to date y'all, but when I was no, you good, you good, uh You know, something happened, say in California, we didn't get that information. Mm-hmm. Something happening in, in Minnesota, in Milwaukee, or Florida. We didn't really get that information. True. Now with social media, something happens anywhere in the world, you immediately get it in your hand. You're able to share it to your community. Um, and that's kind of helping to wake people up to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, we go back to sleep. We wake up, go back to sleep, wake mm-hmm. up, go back to sleep, wake up. You know, um, ultimately, you know, real consciousness you know, not just black consciousness, but yeah. consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, is, you know, just the awareness of self and how you connect to the greater whole and then mm-hmm. being able to stay healthy within it all and spread health. Because 
you know, as you become older and you're able to do less physically, you start to look to do more mentally, mm-hmm. more spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to have that type of impact. Um, so yeah, not to get too mystical, magical. With no, it, that's, but, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. You, so that, you know, that consciousness yeah. doesn't always have to look like you know red, black, and green, black mm-hmm. power, umgawa, black power. You know, mm-hmm. how it look like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's just you know being so uh, secure within yourself and in, in, in your surroundings that you're able to positive, positively influence your surroundings and the people in it. So yeah. I, I like I, I like what you said about securing your surrounding and influencing others um, mm. through different platforms, whether that be through music, through your knowledge, mm-hmm. through your life, by you being an example through life skills, all mm-hmm. of those ways that you influence people. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that's the reason why we came with the idea of powerful impact and brought someone on like you, because Not we can show how we can make a powerful impact on our community and the world at large. Mm-hmm. But I just want to kind of channel back and I and I appreciate what you said about consciousness saying that it you know it, of course we want to have black consciousness but we want to have mm-hmm. complete consciousness which mm-hmm. is a great thing because at the end of the day if we sleep it then we're not really conscious so we got to stay mm-hmm. awake so we can be conscious. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to kind of go back into your story a little bit more. Mm-hmm. How did the group channel live form? Like what was the what was the catalyst or how did you guys came to connect and decided, okay, well, this is the move right here. We're going to make, we're going to move officially as a group as channel, channel live, you know, like we was talking about black consciousness and, and consciousness as a whole, as far as it elevating people and taking them to a level where we get to a certain point where we can influence others. And, and as a, as a result of that, we better the culture and mm-hmm. not only just hip hop culture, just the, culture as at large and so mm-hmm. i want to i want to kind of go back a little bit in your history i want to dig a little bit because you know i want to learn more about how did the group channel live form like what was oh, the, the the connection or what was the opportunity that caused this to become a reality me <laughs> okay well hey that's a good that's a good word not nah, in in the sense that um so i was like on a path mm-hmm I was on a path. Um, I went to Wagner College, okay, um, because I wanted to basically major in club music 101. Mm-hmm. I was in the clubs. I got introduced to the clubs in '84, the Fun House. Oh, Christmas okay, '84. I saw Dirty right. Fresh and Slick Rick do Lottie Dottie for the first time. Oh man! Oh, that's right. I, right, oh. right. I, you oh. know, it's like this is like. Fun House was one of just one of those spots, and then mm-hmm. I was still young, so I couldn't really go out like every week like that. But all right, I turned when I turned seventeen, it was on was in the clubs <laughs> yeah. every week. So I was supposed to go to Texas Tech. Okay, I was like Texas Tech. He was like, "Yo, you ever been to Texas?" I'm like, "Nah," like cause I want. I was a cow, cow, uh, Dallas Cowboy fan. I am. So I, I am too. I will yeah. confess. I yeah, well, I, yeah, I had to give them up, but that's a whole nother story. Well, we gotta have a second interview, Hakeem. You gotta yeah. explain that to me. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Jones, Colin Kaepernick, Donald Trump. Yeah, you, there. yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's I all you need it. to say. We good. All right. All right. No so, doubt. so people explaining to me, Texas like didn't have trees, mm-hmm. didn't have like it was like just open farmland. Okay. Like you, there was no going out. There's no no club scene. No party scene. There's no 
There's none of that. Like on the weekends, if you can't get home, you're staying in the dorms and there's nothing on the campus. So I thought about that. I'm like, man, that means no uh, heartthrobs, mm-hmm. no Studio 54. So I went to Wagner College mm-hmm. in Staten Island. <laughs> that seemed like an easy decision once you added everything up. Man, me, like I was ferry ride away. You know what I mean? Hop on the ferry, ferry's free. Yeah. Hop on the ferry, man, I'm good. So yeah, I think uh, I would have, I would have made the same decision if it was me too. So I, right, I agree. So, Word. So while at Wagner, there was a, mm-hmm. a young lady who came on the campus. Her name was Nicole Folks. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And she was uh, she had a record deal signed to Stephen Bag Records, and she needed dancers. Okay. So me and my boy Mark started dancing for her, okay. and that turned into uh, me doing. Well, actually, that was much much later. So we yeah we were dancing for Nicole, and I was dancing for somebody else. I'm traveling the world as a dancer. I used to dance for Naughty by Nature when they were new style. I saw that group form at my senior year talent show too okay. at Orange High School. That's a, a whole nother story, seeing Naughty by Nature, well, the new yeah. style. Mm-hmm. As as a senior, KG's a senior, and Tretch and Vinny are juniors in high school. Okay. Like, I've seen that happen. That's legendary. Oh, that's yeah, another, no doubt. But, the, but that's another story. New Jersey so, on the map, baby. New Jersey's on the map. East yeah. Orange. What's yeah. up? What's up? <laughs> so, dancing for Princessa. Okay. And by this time, oh, that's how I met Tuffy. I met okay. Tuffy at Montclair State College battling Wyclef and Proswell from the Fugees in a dance oh, battle in the cypher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? You, you, had the dark, you, had, you had the dark-skinned brothers against the light-skinned green-eyed brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how me and Tuffy met, dancing. Okay. So I saw him on campus, like the next day or a couple of days later, and I'm like, yo, I've been dancing for these different, different artists. You know, we're looking for a new dancer. What's up? You want to get down? So it took him about three, four months of me twisting his arm mm-hmm. before he decided to come on the road and get this money. Okay. And I mean, we were out like, like two, three times a week. You know, 19 years old. You're making mm-hmm. $500 a show times however many shows you got per week. It's a nice yeah. little, little summer for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So then that turned into us doing our little demo. Okay. And we were in like uh, a group called Nigerian Nation. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got the two light-skinned dudes with the green eyes. And there was a third member <laughs> named da- David. In okay. A group called Nigerian Nation. The song was called African Morning. <laughs> oh, word. Oh, word. <laughs> My very first record. Word. Wow. So, yeah, on some Millie Vanilli stuff too, because I didn't even write the rhymes. Oh, word, word. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the dude who, uh, the guy who had signed Nicole, mm-hmm. and we eventually worked with him and his partner, Troy Taylor. Okay. And they were trying to, they were Charles Ferrar, Troy Taylor. They were trying to make their bones in the music industry, trying to make some things happen. So, you know, they had a record, uh, a, a single deal with Select Records. And then we we were the front group, and then they wrote the music and produced the song or what have you. Um, but I'm like, I want to write my own stuff. So me and Tuffy started writing our own stuff, uh, doing our little demo. 
the guy would eventually release us because they didn't believe in the, in the hip hop at the point at that time. They wanted to do R and B. They ended up very successful in the R and B world. Boys the Men, Carl Thomas is one of oh, the yeah. uh, proteges, and uh, Sweet Lady by Tyrese. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they they did their thing, mm-hmm. you know, but they wasn't really feeling the hip hop thing like that. So they gave us the, our walking papers and said, "Well, maybe you should link up with KRS One. You know, you're a big mm-hmm. fan of KRS One." So that's exactly what the God did. Mm-hmm. So through my after-school program that I had, I would take the young folks up to go see KRS-One speak. We went to Ramapo College, William mm-hmm. Patterson, and then he would end up coming to Montclair State where I was a student. And then by the time he got to Montclair State, he got so used to uh, seeing my face. When he saw me, he recognized me and was like, yeah, I want you to open up my lectures for me. So I, w- I was opening up lectures for Chris, for a couple lectures, like two mm-hmm. or three. And then, um, maybe like a year and a half later i hit him off with the demo okay you know yeah and then um that started the krs1 connection and we got the deal at capital we signed to chris's uh management company uh big shout out to krs1 and g simone front page big entertainment big shout out to big west west powell um, mad lion mad lion was one of the oh, artists yeah. i know y'all remember mad lion oh yeah oh yeah um, shelly shelly, shelly thunder Oh you yeah, know, uh, Supernatural was over over there with us, mm-hmm. and um, we dope ended up, Yeah, that nice roster, solid, mm-hmm. solid, solid. Yeah, real hip hop in the building. Real hip hop. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Hip hop in the building. Oh no doubt. Um, but then we would sign the Capitol in ninety, um, winter of ninety four. Okay, we signed in ninety four. Dropped Madism, uh, late summer ninety four. Single was released in the stores. Sometime that fall, album dropped March of '95. Station okay. identification, yeah, yeah, and we know that classic baby, Mad oh, Isle. We, we are, do, we do, and you got it's the hat on and everything. We bro- Mad Isle, word, word, and we're gonna get into that in a moment, no mm-hmm. doubt. Is there- Can you talk about how you we the recording process of station identification? Because one of my favorite songs from that album is Lock It Up. Just like the like the energy and it's kinda like it it it, it was very primal and it was like just everybody like uh you know, say like saying a bar and then you take that syllable and then you did somebody else continue it. Like how did you do, like how did you guys decide how to structure you know the uh you know the songs considering the uh types of mcs that you are so we had this uh this rhyme style metaphorical concepts in a freestyle context so the rhyme was freestyle not off the head freestyle freestyle mm-hmm. in a way seemingly no structure okay seemingly no structure but when you break down the rhyme you see that the whole verse is a metaphor for something else as a whole not just Mm -hmm. the line like the lines themselves Mm -hmm. so the lines themselves may seem disjointed but when you take the whole rhyme sex for the sport of it is another one that's like that Mm -hmm. um lock it up the metaphor is your locks so you're talking about what's going on around you and how you might be locked up or how might how you might be freeing yourself from the locks all the while you're talking about your hair Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Using the different metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, 
we had a song called the blunt is on fire that was on our demo that was made got changed into madism mm-hmm. okay the wow. blunt the wow. blunt the blunt is on fire mm-hmm. quickly pass the lighter let the philly blunt burn oh word. burn, blunt, oh. burn. And we flipped that whole thing right yeah g, g simone on the hook and, right. um, <laughs> so the first verse i'm the weed so all the metaphors is how you know my rhymes are like this my rhymes like that relative to weed tuffy's rhyme was the blunt mm-hmm. so every i split you back like the dutch man dumped the guts all that and that's, he's mm-hmm. talking about his rhymes or his mm-hmm. style or his whatever mm-hmm. and then the third verse is when you listen to our music it's like you're getting hot so mm-hmm. all the metaphors in that rhyme so Chris was like, so we, we, we started the album with Salam Remy. Okay. So Salam did the first three joints, Lock It Up, Alpha and Omega, and Homicide Ride. Oh, damn. And then Reggie oh. Burrell came in and did the next two, Station Identification, the title track, and mm-hmm. Sex for the Sport of It. That made five. Chris was on tour while this was going on. So we got the deal. We got signed to Capitol. Okay. Me and Tuffy immediately go into the studio. Tuff, Chris is on tour. So we go in with Salam, who's at the time one of the hottest producers in the game, still mm-hmm. one of the hottest producers in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, legendary super producer, Nas and Amy Winehouse and oh, all yeah. these jokers over the years. Salam yeah, Rini, yeah, right. yeah, he got it. He got it. Right. So um, he did the first three joint, Reggie did the next two. And then Chris comes back off tour. We go to D&D. We play him those five joints. Okay. He's listening. He's like, Yo, what the fuck is this bullshit? Nigga, <laughs> 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 y'all niggas wow. just wasting time. What the fuck is this bullshit? That shit sound glingy. Hey, that shit sound glingy. He used to go glingy. Oh, glingy. I like that. Glingy. He was like, where's the the boom bat? Where the boom bat? Yeah. Yeah. He he goes, and y'all too educated. I use too many big words. Mm -hmm. Y'all too lyrical miracle. You Mm -hmm. don't understand. You got to dumb it down. You got to dumb it down for these niggas. These niggas ain't trying to hear that. Nah, y'all got yeah. rhymes. Y'all can rhyme, no question. But these niggas ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you got your college friends. I get you, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But these niggas is not trying to hear none of that bullshit. <laughs> y'all need sure. to be busting y'all gun, smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Now, I ain't going to say what else he said. Well, okay, no problem. <laughs> but you gave us enough. You gave us something. <laughs> so... We looking at Chris like, wow, this is KRS one. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. This is the God MC lyrical goat. Oh, yeah. He's the he's the yeah. goat. Nobody, yeah, he, the teacher. Yeah, come to the teacher. teacher. Mr. said, come to the teacher. Mm-hmm. And this dude is lyrically in who's mm-hmm. get with Chris. You know what I mean, like not, yeah. not many. Not many. Not many. You're right. And he's telling me that I got to dumb my stuff down. He goes, all right, listen, we're going to do a new we song. That joint, all right, it's cool, but y'all too lyrical miracle on there. Y'all got to wow. dumb it down. We gonna, All right, so we're going to do this. With, so he gets the SP. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. when he comes off tour, we go to this event, uh, M2 May through, 
it was at this this famous uh club spa on 13th okay. street in manhattan all right it was like a it was like a, a a conference about how horrible rap music is oh because <laughs> of the sampling and the, mm-hmm. and the 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 dumbing down mm-hmm. right so chris's jeep gets broken into and now mind you you know you got floppy disk mm-hmm. you know, you know, drum machines the sp1200 was his his machine of choice that was his sword you got the NPC. You got you know all these these drum machines and you know machines that take floppy disks. You mm-hmm. collect sounds. You put the sounds on the floppy disk. And you put the, the floppy disk in the machine. It allows you to mani- ma- manipulate it and then create what you want to create. Mm-hmm. So somebody took all of his discs, all of them, like oh, every wow. last sound Word. he he had. Because you that's you go uh, through it's like yeah. digging in the crates. You just collecting mm-hmm. sounds. It could be a table knock it could be a light switch on it could be you know you know some sample drums it could be a snare it could be a hi-hat it could be a anything like you got to collect sounds all over throughout your life and you just walk around with sounds this is my sounds somebody mm-hmm. steals all his sounds so madism was the first song with his new sounds oh wow that's dope all right as a whole he had to go and collect sounds before we went to the studio. I had to go, you know, get some shit, put them on floppy disk, bring them in, load them into the SP. So <clears throat> he's loading the sounds in. He comes up with the, the beat pattern, the drum pattern, excuse me, mm-hmm. the drum pattern. Um, you know, he's, he's adding the fillers, and then you know he gets this. He gets the sample, the loop. I'm not gonna tell y'all what it is. Everybody who's serious about they digging in the crates know what it is, and that's oh what yeah, it is. yeah we All yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, he picks up, uh, I got you up into the stage, which is from, uh, Black Moon and he needle drops all the way down the record and we get to, I got you open. All we do is spark madism. That's the hook. And boom, we went in there and recorded our verse. Oh, so when me and Tuffy wrote the song, we want some joke shit, like, we gonna purposely write this shit so corny <laughs> <laughs> that he's gonna laugh at us and say, mm-hmm. "I right, just do it your way." So he goes in the book. He goes, "I'm gonna show y'all how to do this." You gotta hold niggas' hands. You gotta hold niggas' hands. Niggas mm-hmm. is slow. Mm-hmm. You gotta hold a hand. The episode starts when I walk down the block. Mm-hmm. Niggas simpleton. No extra lyrical miracle. Real simple. Mm-hmm. The episode starts when I walk down the block. Reach in yep. my pocket. Yo, where's my not it? Yep. Follows me. He's making words up, making connect. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the joint and he lays his verse. I right, cool. I'm off the channel live. Mm-hmm. All right, right, now y'all go. Now, Hawk, you go. What you got? So, <laughs> <laughs> I spit my joint. Yeah. And wake up in the morning, got the yearning for her herb, is halfway down my verse. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. halfway down. So I get to wake up in the morning, got the yearning for herb. Show mm-hmm. you wallin'. You wallin', <laughs> you fucking. You need to start your verse like that. And Tuffy look at each other like, yo, this dude is wallin' right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
You need to start your verse like that. Wake up in the morning, got the yearning for herb. Mm -hmm. I wrote that on some, I'm going to be so corny. Nobody says yearning for herb. That's like, that's um, true. That's, that's like, true. Uh, uh, yeah. what, what's, my, what's the yearning, yearning, for, yearning for my love? Um, oh, you, oh, Gap uh, Man. The Gap Man. The Gap Man. Yeah. Come on, yeah. bro. That's, that's true. That's the, that's the 70s, bro. What are you talking about? That's true. You don't really get that word. It's the yearning, 70s. But... <laughs> yearning for you. Come on, man. What? Jones ain't trying to hear that. Was I that's wrong? True. Was I wrong? So, yeah. you know, we, we versed the whole joint down, whatever. We leave the studio. Mm -hmm. Me and Tuffy, like, yo, so what you think? And like, I don't know, man. I was smoking weed. Now, mind you, I'm a school teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm going to school the next day to go work and go teach. <laughs> I just recorded Madism, smoking mm -hmm. some of the best weed your lungs can ever smoke. Or going to work the next day in front of a bunch of kids who love hip-hop. Mm -hmm. love hip-hop. And, you know, they all know I, you know, I love hip hop. I rap. They know I rap. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling them, yeah, and I'm signed to KRS One. No, you not, Mr. Green. Stop lying. You ain't mm -hmm. signed to KRS. You, uh, <laughs> you, you bugging. No, you not. No, you not. I'm like, nah, mm -hmm. nah, for real, for real. Um, you'll see. Nah, okay, watch. Like, wow, you'll see. You'll see. And then I disappeared. And then uh, about a year and a half, two years later, I'm in the tunnel. Oh, okay. I'm in the tunnel getting bloody. Mm -hmm. One of my kids roll up. Mr. Green! Oh, shit, man! It's a Mr. Green! Oh, shit, Mr. Green! Mr. Green! <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. oh, God. Here we go. Shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's that? What's that after the, the single drop or the album? Yeah, drop? It's, it? it's, it's, okay. it's, it's after everything dropped. You know, they, okay. see me, they see me in the tunnel. You know, it's like, word. You know, it's hilarious. Yeah. Did, did that change your life a lot? I know you talked about the student that you saw after it dropped, but how else was your life changed as a result of either the Mad Ism track or the album as a whole? How did your life change? I may have more that? money. <laughs> well, that's important. Yeah, money, money helps. That, that, of course, of you course. know, you get to see the world, and mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, you, you get access to the industry in a way that you didn't have access to it before. Mm -hmm. Um, your network definitely grows. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot, a lot, lot changes. You know, yeah, sure. a lot, a lot changes, and okay. a lot, and, and a lot stays the same too. <laughs> do, do, you, do you get new do you get new friends that become your friend as a result of your success or or does people change mm -hmm. on you as a result of your i mean people definitely change but I, mm -hmm. i'd say more you know how can i say uh like my my friends have pretty much always been my friends like i got exactly. the same, pretty much the same friends i've always had mm -hmm. right um my friends didn't necessarily change. I ha I got more friends. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the friends I have are in different boxes now. Mm -hmm. I, our friendship isn't the same, but we're still friends. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you know. Okay. How, yeah. how important was college radio around the time Mattism dropped? Nah, man, that shit is like the internet right now. 
college radio was like YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, college radio was like, it was everything, bro. College radio was everything. Like, if you look <clears throat> look at um, Wu-Tang, mm-hmm. how you know, they have to talk about stretching Bobito, mm-hmm. you know, which is college radio. You know, that whole, you know, it's, uh, it's just college radio is everything, bro. Hip-hop mm-hmm. culture, if it wasn't for college radio, it, it, w- it would have never crossed over into the mainstream. You know, it would have just been a street thing. Mm-hmm. College radio embraced it. And then, you know, a lot of these college kids got influenced by the music, got influenced by the sound. And then they would go on to become your future uh, record label executives mm-hmm. um, and, and label owners. And yeah, so that's how like the culture changed. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's the kids who grow up with the culture, you know, grow up. <laughs> they like, yeah. But they, they, still like what, they still like what they like. Yeah. And like you see, like Steve, like a Steve Rifkin, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, young college kid, his father was connected in the music industry, but just in another on another level, very powerful mm-hmm. man in his own right. Um, but this new thing called hip hop and rap music, who had it hadn't really, you know, proven itself past like the run DMCs, you know, was big. He had a, a couple here and there, but. You know, as a genre, having the, the staying power to be mainstream music to take over that, what rock and roll and country western was, to take that over. Like we have it on a stranglehold right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah, that's how important college radio was. Yeah, or I think. Is. Yeah, you know, wake up show, stretching my beato, yeah, vibes mm-hmm. music. They were so what made it so great they were closer to the community and that's what made it so great you know he had you know and you if you listen to the go on youtube i, I did this a couple of months ago i was listening to an episode searching by beetle they were talking about community issues that was happening around new york city and, and, and nationally so you had you know not only just the music but you had People calling in talking about what's going on in education and in healthcare and you know what's you know what's happening uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, in the streets and I think that's what is I think that's something that can be built upon. Like, what do you think about that? I mean, we got the internet right now. That's where everybody's attention is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the podcasting. Uh, you know people are looking for other forms of content outside of music and you see like the talk shows the plat on mm-hmm. different talk show platforms like huge you know from drink champs to mm-hmm. you know wallow and gilly to uh just across the board doggy diamonds and, you know joe buttons and you know everybody's got a, a lane even myself we do madison tv um on the madison youtube platform mm-hmm. I saw that. um madison sports with kg mm-hmm. from Modi by nature and wes and mm-hmm. cliff um and you know it's just a way for us to just build and have an audience and you know the culturally you know hip-hop is the thing people want to dig into but it's not just hip-hop because across the board this internet thing is like you know in that sense Mm -hmm. has become liberating in that sense Mm -hmm. enslaving in others exactly but in that sense, you know, you can start your own show, get it popping, and people tune mm-hmm. in, they tune in, spread the word. You got something interesting, people will hop on. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Rock. Oh, um, the uh, the song 
Primo Mia, you mm-hmm. know, Karis um, One's uh, self-titled album, like mm-hmm. that, that, um, that moved me a lot. And just his his story, you know, being from you know the Black Panther Party, then he learned radio journalism, and he, by circumstances that wasn't his fault, he wound up. Um, you know, railroaded, going to jail. A lot of his constitutional rights was constantly violated. Um, what uh, inspired you know you and Karis, you know you and Karis want to write a song in tribute to uh, this political prisoner? Yeah, I had um been working um around the political prisoner uh, issue since the late eighties. Okay. Uh, working with the campaign to free black political prisoners, prisoners of war, supporting uh, Daruba bin Wahad, who was um, ultimately freed um, in 89 after doing 19 and a half years. Um, so just doing that type of work, sending care packages, writing letters, um, staying in touch with, you know, folks on the other side who put that work in in the 70s and the 80s. Um, yeah, that's how I knew it. That's how I knew it, Maria. Like Mumia was a very important figure mm-hmm. for my immediate circle, my immediate cipher, you know, my close, close friends, like the folks that I started the after school program with. Mm-hmm. I was deep into the activist world, building, organizing. And, you know, you had to know who Mumia is mm-hmm. and the move movement. Um, you know, you had to support that. You had to. It's imperative. And that's what we did. So when we got called in to do the song for uh, KRS for his album, that beat was actually supposed to be for the Fugees, but they were going through some things. Mm-hmm. So KRS said, you know what? I'm just going to keep this for myself. What's up, guys? Y'all want to hop on this with me? All right, what are we going to rhyme about? Let's rhyme about political prisoners. Nah, let's rhyme about C. Dolores Tuck in there. Mm-hmm. Let's rhyme about both. <laughs> so you know, Chris came up with the hook first. One electric Atlantic equals we instead of fighting. Then why don't you go free Mumia? Mm-hmm. And it was easy to write. There, he said, "Let's do like a story that takes you somewhere." So it's real. It's a it's an interesting structure. The way that's structured and how we come off and play off each other and what we're saying. Um, yeah, because. My last verse is ill in that I predicted Arnold Schwarzenegger in the politics mm-hmm. in, the, in that rhyme. <laughs> You're foretelling the, the future. Oh, yes. Oracle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that happens a lot with, uh, with Channel Live. Yeah. Like a lot of what's going on now, we had been talking about like the 90s, trying to give people a heads up. And, you know. But. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons people need to go back and listen to the album you dropped. Well, we're, not just, we're not just going to talk about that album, but everything you drop, it has significance yeah. in the culture. Yeah, let's listen to Armageddon. Yeah, we're going to do that. That Flavor Unit album. That, that was a really yeah. dope album. I actually like that album better than the, the first one, aside from Madism, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, um, I really liked Armageddon. We got we had some dope stuff on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, as an entire project, I, I like that project. A lot and that was Benny Boom's jump off. He um his first video as a director was Wild Out 2K, which was the okay. single off that album. Okay. And uh yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm going to ask you something that's more current. And I did hear you talk about it, but I want to give you an opportunity to talk about it again because it's such an important experience for us and hip hop. So what was it like doing the verses with Karis One? Can you take us through the Barcade Center that night and, you know, for such a historic moment? Oh, man, it's, that's it. Historic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Big Daddy Kane, oh, KRS One. Mm -hmm. Say no more. Say no more. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. It, you know, like, that's a dream come true. Mm -hmm. Dream come true. Mm -hmm. Share the stage with KRS One and Big Daddy Kane. Well, kind of, sort of. Um, you know, Swizz, Timberland versus Barclays. It's crazy. Crazy. Fat Joe, oh, Buster, yeah. Kiss, Eric B. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It was phenomenal, bro. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal, bro. Yeah. Now, you know what? I'm so, and I'll say, and I know I'm not alone in this thought, but I'm so grateful for the verses because they're giving people, I feel in the newer generation, a chance to experience what we had growing up. You know what I'm saying? I grew up with the sounds of Channel Live and Carolus One and different things like that. That's part of my, my life experience. But some of these younger artists, they don't really know much past, you know, 2000 or Lil Wayne. You know, that's about the most experience that they had. And I'm not knocking what their experience is because we want to respect that. But being that we're hip hop enthusiasts, I feel the ones that's here tonight and many others, where I'm grateful for what the verse is doing because we're able to see the the KRS One, the Big Daddy Kane. We saw Meth and Red Man um, going at it, and and we saw um, you know the Dipset, and we saw um, Fat you know, Joe and ja Rule. Fat Joe and all that. I mean, Snoop Dogg, DMX before well, he mean, passed away. Word, uh, you know, what uh, I'm saying? And, and it was. Yeah. Yeah. Man, listen, Babyface so, and Teddy Riley. I, I what I'm talking Gladys about. Gladys Knight and Patty LaBelle. Earth, Wind, and Fire in the Osley Brothers. I know. That's what I'm saying. So we got that experience, and now they're they're experiencing it because I think that keeps the the the, the history of hip hop stable. You know what I'm saying? Because they have a pathway now. They're seeing a blueprint. And what we saw growing up and what we experienced being artists and what we experienced as being a part of the culture. So I'm so grateful for what the verse is doing. I'm grateful for what you're doing, too, because I like the fact that you're bringing back. Because if you notice with music, the DJs haven't been you don't really hear too many songs where the DJs are scratching or on the turntables. You'll see them at the shows. You'll see them possibly if you're part of that 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 network. Where you see the you hear some music with scratching or just DJs doing their thing. And I like that in the video where you showed the DJ scratching at the beginning. I like the I like hearing that. And I even like the whole the whole appearance of the the video that you have for the cypher because you see the graffiti in the background. You hear the DJ scratching and the way even just the cipher itself just showing that because I feel like what we're seeing now with the verses what you're doing and many others we're creating a template for the next generation or the upcoming generation because that way they can have a pathway or a blueprint to follow it i want is. you to speak i want you to speak to that a little bit more because I, I well yeah. the album that the cypher is on is called mm -hmm. aubrey it's mm -hmm. my middle name okay 
and this has a whole nother story behind it that we won't get into but all right one day uh, one day one day one day one day one all right day. all right all right we'll leave it open okay so um it's a tribute to um 80s hip-hop okay the album through and through is scratching break beats samples um the concepts themes subject matter mm-hmm. it's 80s hip-hop mm-hmm. what we were going through in the 80s um like it, it uh, it's it's crazy mm-hmm. i got a joint called stolen art with carl thomas on it oh that's dope too but well let me first say the entire okay. album is produced by ron lawrence from the hitman oh yeah that's crazy it's crazy it's crazy crazy the whole entire album, right mm-hmm. got carl thomas on the joint called stolen art Mm-hmm. Stolen art is about how they took the culture from us with drugs. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. I got a joint called Culture Freedom with CeeLo and Freeway. Oh, that's crazy. Culture Freedom is we got to teach the people. That, oh, G Simone was on the hook, by the way. Big oh. shout out to G Simone. Big shout out. Big shout out to G Simone. She Word. blessed the, She blessed that. And actually, earlier, we were interrupted by a phone call. Okay that was do it all from lords of the underground oh who's man hopping, who's hopping on the album and uh the chief dj Mitty mid a word who's the, who's the chief of staff of the honorable mayor Roz barack of north new jersey okay they're getting on the joint oh man That's yeah, gonna be this, this, this song man. is called real hip-hop for the people and then some g simone also blessed me with a hook on that too that's okay. fire fire so all I right shout that out all right um, no problem that's what we're yeah. here for we got, to, we got took a yeah. test um mm-hmm. which is all scratches by pp armstrong who also did scratches on the cypher okay shout out to him all right dope um what else we got we got jewelry mm-hmm. old school head smack um reckless okay uh i'm missing something yeah but jewelry is fire oh my god jewelry's fire jewelry's fire jewelry yeah that's what we get when you're okay. talking to when you're talking to an old school head or mm-hmm. OG or elder. You're supposed to get some jewelry. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's what we're supposed to be sharing with the young folks: some jewelry. Mm-hmm. Since niggas like jewels, I'm gonna drop a jewel. Can I drop right. a jewel? Can I drop a jewel? <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. You heard it here first on Powerful Impact from High King Green. Word, got a little snippet. Thank you for yeah. sharing that for us tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, uh, there's a uh, recently there's been a lot of uh, uh, a lot of renewed energy around uh, ciphers and battle rap, particularly with conscious um, MCs mm-hmm. like Loaded Lux, mm-hmm. D Dot, King Los. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, Ooh, he's he's fire. Oh my mm-hmm. God, he's fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like I really love how like you know these brothers they're taking they're taking something that's niche and then making it you know bigger besides just you know generic nothing wrong with it but generic gun bars like what are your thoughts about what Loaded Lux and B Dot and King Lois have done within battle rap to keep that spirit of competitive rhyming? Yeah, I, yeah, I just appreciate. You know the battle rap scene period they they, mm-hmm. they they kept hip-hop on life support for a minute really keep it 100 100. they shout out to smack and, B, 
Big shout out to Smack and Beasley and all the other, uh, you know, ARP. and all the other organizations out there that do their thing. Um, like battle rap scene is like is kept hip hop like real hip hop, real hip hop, real hip hop. That's real right. hip hop. That's what we want here. Real hip hop. Real, real hip hop. Yeah, kept it kept it interesting. You know, when when just be honest, kept it interesting. When Loda Lux came out against Calico, big shout to Calico, who also was, you know, nice. He's from my hometown. Yeah, yeah. man. The yeah. D, right? Detroit, right? Yeah, from, yeah. I'm from Detroit. Yeah, man. Big shout out to Detroit. Detroit is a builder. And, uh, but that just the platform for Lux to just be able to teach. Whew, it's crazy. And then B dot, oh my God, B dot is crazy, dude. B dot, he salute to him. And it's a lot of, lot of, lot of cats out there on the underground, mm-hmm. where the real hip hop has always been on the underground, making a big name for themselves. I'm loving it. I watch, I watch battle rap in this organization called Legendary Cyphers. Okay. They organize cyphers in uh, Union Square mm-hmm. every week. I watch that. You know more than I listen to albums because it's improvisational, it's raw. You know, it's the rawest expression in in, in hip hop, and I think you know I like I like that as niche. Like I don't like a lot of people think that it has to be you know wanted to be bigger and you know reach you know greater heights, but I think some things are just meant to be niche. Like some things are just meant for you. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, I agree. I agree. That's that's it's, there's a a place, a special place for that. You know, in order to hear something, you have to go to where it is. You know, you have to go find it. You have to be a part of the culture to really understand the significance. All that means something. And when things are too saturated and it gets too commercial, too big, it loses that essence. It becomes cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they, they got us on the on the hamster wheel with, the, with mm-hmm. the culture, and it's unfortunate. But listen, gentlemen, I want to spit a bar. Go ahead, let's do it. All right, so I'm gonna just spit that rhyme, and I, I was gonna. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, let's do. If pimping ain't easy, what the fuck is revolution? Rappers be spitting straight noise pollution. Here's a clean glass of water. I'll show you how to eat to live. What goes around comes. Let me show you how to give. It's something that you hear when the nine is at your rib in the street, tuck your jewels, thugs jewel like baby bibs. I try to be mindful, write something for the kids, talk it like I walk it, rap it how I live. I came up blue collar, strive to be a scholar, but I couldn't eat the love and least all without the dollar. The pressure and the stress is enough to make you holler when the landlord's at your doorstep and the devil's on your collar. They call me a slacker, cause I won't sell crack for the cracker. I call women queens and I love the berry blacker. Some chicks get it twisted. They'd rather be called bitches with their ass in the air like everybody's supposed to kiss it. Mm. It's a simple lesson. You get what you deserve. Is life a bitch or just a pimp with a perm? See, mommy tricked out, Mm. made a little heartburn, but it's something she'll forget when it's time to take her turn. When will the children learn? It's much better to earn. But when my niggas put in work, they like to make the metal burn. End up in the system. It's all systematic. Manchurian candidates waving automatics. Mm. A product of a project launched in the 80s. Chemical warfare meant to kill the crack babies. Now as the world turns, it's just a story because keeping it real got my sons in purgatory. Mm. In between heaven and Hades, like earthquakes in Haiti, the fat lady clears her throat and then plays harp for the babies. They say I'm such a mystic. Lyrics something mythic, but I make it so plain with details and specifics. I'm just 
is gifted. I'm young and I'm black. So I represent the game. I represent the fact that God helps those who helps themselves. So when God helps you, he's really helping himself. Make every day have purpose is the science of life. Every breath's another roll is a science to dice. Learn from your mistakes. Try to learn from others. You'll get one roll at life. You won't get another. You have to learn the tricks because some niggas be on the gaff. On some funny business, but that shit will make you laugh. Mm. Thought he had the bread. Wasn't wonder, not the wheat. Wonder how it's coming back because my connect ain't getting beat. That's jewelry. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. And hey, you man. heard it here on Powerful Impact from the legendary Hakeem Green. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for sharing that with us. We do appreciate that, King. Uh, respect, so respect, respect. Thank you for sharing that. Rocket, I, I want to give you an opportunity. I know you just heard that powerful rhyme, bars, or verse. And I just want to make sure you get a chance to follow back on that because that's a dope. He just spit some real, some real shit to us right there. That's five million dollars worth of jewelry yeah. right there. Yeah, exactly, you know, I, I, exactly. That, that, you know that bar about chemical warfare that, yeah. that mm. resonated with me. Mm. Oh man, mm -hmm. oh man. You know that's it, man. It's not a war yeah. on drugs; it's a war with drugs. Yeah, yeah. You you know I I appreciate that you shared that tonight. I'm gonna tell you reason why. Because I feel like the music has, you remember, I know you was talking about how Care of Us was telling you guys, okay, well, you have to make it a little simpler for people to pick up because it was at a different level. But I feel like the music today, it's not simplified so people can understand it. I just feel like a lot of people have dumbed it down. And so I'm so grateful, again, that you brought up the cypher. I'm, I'm grateful for the lyrics you spit tonight. The reason I said that because we need more conscious hip hop. We need we need hip hop where there's a message, so we can not only be educated but we can be uplifted. And a part of that, and that's one of the powers that we have as hip hop artists, is that we can speak truth to power, and we can be able to get in people's ears and get in their hearts through through our vocal ability and that platform yeah. that we have. Yeah. So, I'm just going to ask you a question. I wanted to give you flowers because you deserve those because a lot of times i think what happens a lot of times we don't really show appreciation for artists until they're gone mm -hmm. and we need to start doing it while they're alive and while they're here and mm -hmm. let them know how much we appreciate them and i think that's one of the missing things that we need to bring up into hip-hop bring back into hip-hop culture mm -hmm. but on that note we noticed that a lot of hip-hop artists have passed away in the last year or two mm -hmm. and you know it's it's a because we, I grew up in the 80s. I don't mind dating myself. That's okay. I grew up in the 80s, 90s. I was pretty much a part of that hip-hop golden era. And we lost some of those artists within the last year or two. How, how, how do you feel experiencing that? And you can, you, know, you can elaborate as much as you want or you can share how you feel. But I just want to give that opportunity because to me, when I hear the cypher, when I hear the music that you're creating, it reminds me of the music that I grew up on. It reminds me of the music that was popping in the 80s and 90s you added your own flavor of course nobody takes that away but it reminds me of what i've been missing and i'm so grateful that you're doing it what is your thought process hearing about these different artists that pass and just knowing this has been going on in a year or two as damn my health and wellness kicked me mm -hmm. more water juicing mm -hmm. walking mm -hmm. and yeah in the gym mm -hmm. Trying to stay as healthy as possible. Yeah, it. trying to stay health, health as healthy as possible and as stress free as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, last couple of years have been rough with this whole COVID. You know, we've never seen anything like this. 
exactly. um, on top of everything else we, we've been going through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's it's sad, but you know, gotta live. Mm-hmm. You gotta live. You gotta live. You know, you gotta enjoy your life as much as possible mm-hmm. because tomorrow's not promised anybody. All you have is today, mm-hmm. and you play. You plan. You plan for tomorrow. Of course, you plan for tomorrow, but enjoy today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. That's what I get out of it. Dope. I wanted to. Uh, uh, what was the the book about Clive Davis that you? I think you mentioned it on Doggy Diamonds, but it was a great conversation about how Clive Davis he uh, he was he created the advent of the Black Music Department, where he created a a line of demarcation between urban and so-called uh, popular music. What was that uh, book called? Uh, it wasn't a <clears throat> book. It was a a think tank. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a there's a book on it, but the the think tank was the Harvard Music Study, commissioned in 1972 to 74, I think, and it was commissioned to uh, figure out how to take black music from black people, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially, um, and throw money at it. And that's when they created, you know, the first black music department at a major label. Because um, for a long time, independent labels collectively owned the majority share of the music sold in America. The major labels actually sold a minority share, like collectively against all of the independent, see all these independent record labels all around the country, right? Think of these places like grocery stores. I used to have the mom and pop grocery stores. This would be like, you know, family owned record shops or uh, small independent record shops who could press up 45s and 12 inches or, or what have you. Um, and they ran the show. And a lot of these small record labels were selling black music. Black music was the dominant cultural force in the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it was, well, how do we take control of that? How do we? capture the market share um and they studied it from that from that perspective and it was throw money at it and create these music departments and you hire these black people and you bring them inside and once you have them inside you control them now you control the music you control the messaging you decide what hits what don't you know you decide what message is hot what message is not and then um hip-hop was kind of like a rebellion toward that, not knowingly, and it wasn't purposely, but the independent uh, record labels ruled the scene with hip hop music up until like, you know, the 90s. And then you start getting these uh, major record label deals, you know, the bad boys, the uptowns, the, you know, you start to bring them in, the Rockefellers, the, you bring them in, even yeah, Def Jam, even, even Def Jam, you take Def Jam, you bring Def Jam inside Columbia, you bring Def Jam inside the, right? And then, which is, you know, for any young, you know, record exec, you know, your dream at the time is to work at a, you know, to have a position at a record label. You be president of so-and-so record. That's like, you know, prestigious. That's a pop your collar. You doing your thizzle, <laughs> you know? And nobody's hating on you. You president of whatever record label, major record label. You're the man, right? Right. But what happens is they get rid of you, but they got the catalog. They get rid of you, but now they mm-hmm. decide what's hot at radio. That's true. And you're gone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you was hot then. You was hot, right? You was hot. You you had a good run. But at the end of the day, we move you around and we 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 keep the value. That's just that's just the same old game that's been played, you know, on every level, you know, from you know, and we still ain't figured it out, you know. I think like I think the worst I think like joint venture is is like the misnomer for a lot of people. You, you know what I mean? Because like it's not I feel like it's not actually, you know, something that you own fifty percent of. It just the parent company is just they're giving you something to work with so that they can later on siphon all of the uh valuable uh worth you know from you know you know from the music and from that artist and then like you said they just spit you out and uh and, and you left on your merry way yeah um i mean you have to really because like i said you get a job at a record label making two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand dollars a year you know putting out music you know it's like that's a, that's a success story like, that's mm-hmm. why you went to college to get that marketing degree that's why you mm-hmm. went to college to get that like that's why you you went that route mm-hmm. you get there you know and what, what, what do you do do you not do you not do it do you go you know what we're gonna keep this and you know keep this black owned and hopefully black people will support it that's a whole nother thing getting black people to support black owned you know finding value in that's true you know it's like you almost have to go to them to get the stamp for black people to be like okay we fuck with you now mm-hmm. white people have to go oh he's our guy oh okay yeah mm-hmm. you know to, to some degree you know to some degree but then again like you were saying about that niche market that niche market mm-hmm. you know you know you can cater to a certain a certain group of black people and know that this is my cipher and this is where i'm cool at being mm-hmm. you could do that too but it, it you know that that impact mm-hmm. that we we're looking for like black people want their Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Black people want their. They want. They want their. What is it? Their United. The inner scope. Their mm-hmm. inner scope. Their Sony. Like black mm-hmm. owned major, competing on the level of. But they're not going to support it until it's already that. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much competing. They're pretty much. <laughs> they're, they're trying to yeah. capture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a sizable market that really that at least isn't there enough to support the resources to devote to it right yeah it's um i mean it's just uh, um you know you just gotta know what you're doing i if back to the the, the question in terms of like sure you have to know why you're doing this thing mm-hmm. and you know build with people who are on the same page in that sense um you know it, it there was a should night irv Gotti, and so and so was going to start a distribution company and that's the reason why so and so and so and so and so and so i'm like okay mm-hmm. so 
if you think about it, when Napster and the digital thing came, mm-hmm. it kind of <clears throat> that kind of made distribution take a hit. Mm-hmm. Right. So what would have been the um the benefit of owning a distribution company when people aren't buying physical copies of music anymore? Mm-hmm. What what would have been the benefit of investing in the infrastructure? You know, to have your own distribution company mm-hmm. when distribution is no longer needed. That's one of the conspiracy theories people peddle about the music business. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they were going to have their own distribution company and then somebody stepped in and did that. That doesn't make sense because distribution was on its way out. So there would have been no need to do that. And in thinking backwards, they probably saved them the headache of investing money they weren't going to return on. And if any, and if anything, you know, investing in, you know, uh, phone technology, like, you know, once phones were able to, uh, uh, up, you know, upload and download music, that would have been the time for you to invest, you know, in Nokia or or mm-hmm. Verizon or Sprint. Mm-hmm. The tech yeah. revolution was already booming, but the industry was already too late. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it took a second for us to to catch up. Um, But that said, um, I need to do a lot of catching up myself when it comes to tech and just Mm -hmm. this this new world we're heading into with crypto and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. Bitcoin and what what Mm -hmm. part NFTs are playing um, right right now. Um, There's like a whole learning curve that I got to catch up on. and I think that goes for the same across the board with with, with black people. Mm-hmm. That you know, there's a learning curve that we have to catch up on. But I, I do know there there are people of color who are leading the way in tech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not as um, bleak as people say it is when it comes to you know the tech world. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what Nipsey and them guys were doing out there. You know, integrating tech and fashion. Mm-hmm. It's like groundbreaking yes. um so yeah it's like you know there's a a, a definite need in that sense and thinking f- in toward the future you know i know i'm, I'm big on history and big on context in the past it works. But, but yeah but you got it but we got to pay attention more toward the future at the same mm-hmm. to to make sure that we're in the future mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah I, I like the fact you said that, <clears throat> making sure we're in the future because you, you answered one of the questions I had, which was going to be about NFTs, but you 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 pretty much addressed that, which I, I greatly appreciate. Mm-hmm. But just want to I want to ask you one question about your musical background, your your story. Um, what was your favorite song in your catalog, a favorite album in your discography? Uh-huh. I know I just I'm just curious hey. about your response with that question. I don't I don't have a favorite song. It's too many. Okay. okay yes, it's too. It's too many. Okay. It's way, way too many. Good. Mm, yeah. It's. It, I know when you when you create great music, it's challenging to decide which one is the, the number one. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is the experience or the journey. Yep. You mentioned uh, non fungible, you know, things and cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Like these things are not regulated you know yeah. so that's why 
you know, the government won't uh, sign off on uh, adopting it because, it, it, you know, government, they got to, there has to be some element of taxation mm-hmm. involved. You know, that's, you know, because taxation is how, you know, we pay, you know, for uh, every, you know, everything in the public sector. That's the key. Because I was happy, I found that opening to ask about the Clive Davis. Yeah, that was uh, dope. Book. It, it dope. wasn't a book. It was. It was like it was a. Um, uh, it was some kind of uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, Harvard commissioned. Okay. But I heard his thoughts about Clive Davis and mm-hmm. how Clive Davis made black music formulaic, and I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting because. Good point. R and B is about as. I think hip hop, no, not hip hop. Rap music mm-hmm. has become so formulaic. It I has. can't really tell it the has. difference between R and B and rap sometimes. Well, it's hard because the reason being, back in the eighties and nineties, we were doing it because we wanted to do it for the art. Nowadays, once people start making money and they realize that hey, I can do this type of track, and you know, I don't want to blame Ja Rule, but he was one of the big people that kind of pushed that. <laughs> hip-hop r&b the thing about him mm-hmm. he still had a street edge to his music so we 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 overlooked it we ain't making a big deal but it did make hip-hop and r&b more comfortable because you realize before him would have you know you might have a whole album might be one hip-hop song with r&b but ja Ru was putting them out as singles and just yeah man this is i'm having a great time man because before i came on i was watching my pistons get blown out oh hurt yeah man like yeah being yeah. in michigan Following Michigan sports is terrible. The Lions are winning. Yeah, Lions. Yeah, the Lions look pretty rough without your boy no more, man. Matthew Matthew Stafford, man. It just seemed like they kind of took. I didn't think it was that important, but they you know, they're going through the restructuring. I was one of the few people that never felt that Matthew Stafford was the problem here mm-hmm. in Detroit. I always mm-hmm. felt it was bad coaching and the general True. manager not knowing how to draft True. players. Yeah. That's the I'm same still- thing Dallas has a problem with. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we got the same fucking problem. But yeah. Man, at least with Dallas, at least with the Cowboys, y'all have winning seasons. Yeah, that's true. But you know, I think with both of us, and I speak, you know, for you and I, I think the problem is we hate being hyped up and then when the season comes, we get let down every fucking season. We want to see progress. I mean, progress is not just making the playoffs. We want to see you make it to a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, I live in Tampa. And we had, you know, Brady came here a year ago, and they won a Super Bowl. That's what you want to see. You want to see your team win a Super Bowl. They jacked the fucking prices up. Now you got to spend like $1,000 to see a game. But before then, they couldn't give away free tickets. You know what I'm saying? Because a season can make a difference financially for the football team or the football club. And so I feel you, bro. I feel your pain, man. So hopefully <laughs> next year, next year, because it's too late now, hopefully next year you guys will get a, a, a change of scenery or something. Man, at this point, I want Jerry Goff off the squad. Like, I don't get him, man. He's terrible. I don't even understand why they thought he would be good. I mean, the only reason he was able to hold up a little bit in Los Angeles because the amount of support he had around him. But he's not a guy that's like a game changer. He's not an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it looked like he had he looked good, but see, the thing they got to look at is what team was he on and what type of support he had. Because you take away that support, that he ain't gonna be shit. You know what I'm saying? 
So I, no. This guy could barely he could barely you know throw twenty yards down. That's the what field. I'm saying. All that play action that ain't gonna win no games all the time. Yeah, and, and like when when the Rams made that playoff run against the uh, Patriots, uh huh. I think the score was like what you know six to three. It was like a low yeah. scoring game. I'm like, yeah, this is the time for you to ball out. Like, you, how exactly. do you know you're going to get to the uh, Super Bowl again? Yeah. Like, to me, that was like, like, and that was how often do you get Tom Brady in a low scoring game? Like, it, it rarely happens. So, you got to seize the moment. Exactly. Exactly. That's why, you know, I, I don't really care. I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but mm-hmm. I will have to give, um, okay. I will have to give Tampa Bay that they, 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 they are smart, being smart about catching them up. So, we well, appreciate everybody for tuning in to the Powerful Impact Podcast with Soul Rack and Rocker featuring the legendary Hakeem Green. We definitely want you to go ahead and download his new single, The Cypher, and a new album that's getting ready to drop. We're so fortunate that we were able to get him to go ahead and drop 16 bars. So we're, we're so fortunate that he did that. In addition to that, we want you to continue to support the things that he's doing right now, 24 Hours of Peace Incorporated. And he's also the CEO of Madism, and I'm hoping that we can bring him back so he can speak to Madism because he definitely was able to. We saw the we saw the the, the um the hoodie or the shirt tonight, the Madism, but we want him to speak to that. So we're definitely looking to have a part two. I want to bring in my co-host right now. He did an excellent job tonight as far as sharing his thoughts and even asking questions that triggered a lot of good information that we wouldn't have got without him being here. So I thank you again, Rocker, for being here. I definitely want to give you an opportunity to share as far as your experience tonight with Hakeem Green. I want to thank you, So Rack and Shauna, for inviting me oh, here absolutely. to interview Hakeem Green. It's a honor and a privilege that I don't take for granted. And I'm so, I'm so happy to have talked with Hakeem Green because he shared like on many subjects that I would not have known had I not, you know, been on this show. His uh, anecdote about how KRS-One listened to the songs that they had stockpiled for mm-hmm. of uh, station identification sessions and said that sure. they were too lyrical, miracle, and mm-hmm. that what they're rhyming about is going to go over their listeners' heads. So they had to dumb down their message by you know by rhyming about uh by rapping in a language that the listener could mm-hmm. uh, understand which and he broke down how um uh he recited his verse from madism and then once he got to the woke up in the morning got the Jennifer herb yes krs1 he told him he gave him a nugget he said Start your rhyme with woke mm-hmm. up in the morning, got the young of the herb, because mm-hmm. that first line, that's how, you know, most we smoke would start their day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that's and then that then you can start to, you know, uh uh begin your rhyme any way you want, but you have mm-hmm. to draw the listener in. And I think uh Hakeem shedding light on KRS one suggestion, mm-hmm. that's a an idea on KRS-One's mentorship and the pivotal role that 
he played in Channel Live's development as a crew. You know, mm-hmm. Karis One produced, uh, I think, three or four songs on Station Identification. Yes, he did. And the did. beats are great. Yes, they are. They are. Boom bap for real. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> more <Yeah>. boom bap. <laughs> yes. We need more of it, don't we? Exactly. So, I, and his, um, what he, I, I didn't know that um, he uh, was really uh, in touch with uh, battle rap, you know, because sometimes, yes. like, you know, some artists make you kind of see above and beyond it, you know, but mm-hmm. when, when I brought up uh, Lord and Lux and B. Dot mm-hmm. and King Rose for their messaging, in battle rap, I really liked his thoughts. Yeah, you know, about it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that was a great question. I'm glad you brought that up because that's what the cipher is about too. It's about battling. It's about one one person going against another. And right now, so that's why I like the fact that uh, he said we can build or destroy. So I just want to invite everybody to subscribe to our YouTube channel, stay connected to upcoming episodes, and follow us on social media. Remember, powerful impact is more than music. It's a way of life. And we ask everybody to be safe. And we ask everybody to continue to make a powerful impact in their community. Drowning in the flow, absorb emotions pouring from the bowels of my ocean floor. Water baby waiting in brain waves, melanated the same shade as the stone of my namesake. Spit blacker than brushing with activated charcoal. Shame Al Josen's masquerading our souls. No ally of mine can shuck and job or running high behind lie of being colorblind. So break the ethics just to gain acceptance. Ain't gotta take the safest method when you ain't afraid to face rejection. Escape convention, erase the templates. Paving your own lanes are great investment. Invest 16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well. Essential personnel. 16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well. Essential personnel. 16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well. Essential personnel. 16 on the beats and I lay the verse as well. Essential personnel.